Hey, it's Herbert. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, you slippery little son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, it's comedy in your ears, which we all love. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the About Last Night podcast with my boy, uh, Adam Ray. miss costco but costco's open you can go to costco yeah i know i'm just saying i miss it like i haven't been in a couple weeks so i just you can miss something you can still have i don't know all right good to talk to you mark (laughs) that's the end (laughs) uh this is where we disagree I'll tell you what I do miss, though. Uh, this is a real odd one, and then I want to hear what yours is. Like, it's, this is like a, a real specific thing that you don't think about until you almost have it in a in a situation that you don't usually recognize it as to be the time that you want to have it. Had a lock a, a strange piece of exchanged eye contact in the car with somebody across from me, to where mm-hmm. it was just like I looked over and they were just staring across, and as a joke, I went like that, like. Just to kind of, you know, give him a little more. And the guy didn't even flinch and just went and went back to the road. And I was like, whoa, that was super weird. And it made me miss that. Maybe miss like that happening in like a noble or a coffee shop to where you're like. Or yeah, when you pull up at a stoplight, you know, and you see people doing whatever they're doing, popping a pimple or like fixing their nails or picking their nose. If I ever see people picking their nose, I always lay on the horn. Just look right at him. I have a video of my buddy that somebody, <laughs> you got it, dude. <laughs> Just kind of do this back and I'm go. Yeah. Uh, oh, did it go in the mirror? <laughs> Shoot me a text. Tell me a picture. I have a video somebody sent me of a comedian friend of mine uh, picking his nose like he was in the fourth grade and he was going to bring it to show and tell the next day. And nice. it's so embarrassing and I want to post it. And I don't know if I have the heart to do it because he'd probably ask me to take it down. It's There's, like, uh, who's somebody, somebody picked their nose and ate it. A football player. I thought. Dicka. No. Sounds like a Mike Dicka move. Uh, a current player. Yeah. I thought it was. Why can't I remember? I don't remember. I did a fake booger wipe on Mark Brunel. One nice. Time. nice, but it was on it was on CBS on TV in the AST Championship game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the Steelers. He was he so we're standing there. It's freezing cold, and my nose is running, and we're waiting for the defense. Uh, they had just got to stop, or we're hunt team or something. And I didn't even think about the cameras being on me, and um, I was like messing with my nose. And Brunel even said, "Like, stop picking your nose. It's going to be on camera that you're picking your nose." And I was like. Okay, and did like a fake wipe on him, <laughs> and the whole thing's on camera. Him talking to me before, da, da, da. and it's just like, oh, it's using Mark Brunel as a snark. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. that's amazing. Of course, yeah, but those are the things you want caught on camera. That adds character to the, so you know. And this is, you know, what comes with the territory of. Wait, did that get blown up on social media? Where people, like, yeah, oh, a little bit. I mean, people. It was 2010, so I don't know if Instagram was quite there yet. But Sanchez just, uses his buddies as booger rags. Yeah, like as a snot rag. Like that's that was the crappy like headline that was like, well, that's a little much. But I was gonna say like even for New York, like there had to have been a moment where they're like, dude, we're the biggest media, like play, like we're covering stuff top to bottom. Like, are we really yeah. gonna put this story out? But then they're like, hey man, he's our cute. Yep. Yeah, we are. <laughs> oh my gosh have you ever um taken over somebody's story yeah yeah it's uh a lot of work it's a lot of pressure you're a lot of pressure yeah you did it for usc football today i'm i'm currently doing it wow yeah and 
I'd say it's going well. I got a SC shirt on. Yeah, you're killing it, dude. <laughs> Nailed uh, it. <laughs> you're like, and I'm pretty much done. I just take a picture of me in the tub wearing this, and bye. Uh, <laughs> does it feel what? I know your connection to SC is strong. Did they? Like for me, the first time I went back to campus, like after graduating, was kind of surreal. And now mm-hmm. it's because it happens so infrequently. I know it happens more often for you. Um, uh, but do you, how much is the SC just connection in your life on the reg? You know what I'm saying? Because obviously. Um, yeah, I, I'm still in contact with a lot of the players, um, current and former. Oh, cool. But um, with the athletic department and Coach Helton, people like that in the in the building and in athletics i think you know i try and keep a close connection i like going to some of the practices in the spring which we're missing right now but um i always thought it was important to keep keep a good relationship with them they're so good to me and you know those are some of your fondest memories so it's uh it's fun man i like it nice but now give me the real answer (laughs) (laughs) like uh Speaking of SC, um, they uh, they snapped up some some uh, they got some some players in the draft. Did you watch the draft? Yeah, Austin Jackson and um, Michael Pittman went pretty early, which is awesome. Yeah, for the program for recruiting and all that. But um, I think Pittman. Need... Oh, go ahead. I think Pittman could be uh, could be a good player, and for him, you know, he's his dad, Michael Pittman, obviously played for a while, played in Arizona. Um, great football player and so he's kind of grown up with that and knows what the league's like and I think he was a little upset he wasn't a first rounder but it was just such a deep wide receiver draft oh yeah so I get it but he's going to a place where they're going to throw the heck out of the ball in Indianapolis with Phillip Rivers I mean that's a pretty good landing spot especially for a rookie learning from a great quarterback and all that and then he's going to get plenty of targets plus he didn't sign in the first round so he's not going to have that fifth year option so he could Hopefully in four years he plays well, sign a real big deal, and um, you know go go play his way into a really big second contract. Did you give any uh, pre-draft advice to anybody, or did you have anyone reaching out to you? Um, like, Yo, Sanchez, man, what should I wear, dog? Should I wear shoes uh, or go just feet, just feet out, breathing into the world? Yeah, I would have just said. I was a white guy, by the way. That was the worst. <laughs> I don't see color, Adam. You know that. <laughs> um, they uh, sitting down with the quarterbacks was fun because you know it's it's a uh, I've lived through that situation. I've, you know, gone through the draft prep and all that. And so when you sit down with somebody for the first time to watch film, you don't know like where they're coming from, what they want. And at that point in their career right now, everybody is pulling at them, whether it's endorsements or, you know, family or whatever. They have, you know, 10 Zoom calls a day with 10 different teams. They're learning playbooks. So their world is just crazy. And for one more person like me to ask, I feel bad even asking for the interview. But at the same time, I'm like, right away, just to break the ice, like, dude, I don't want anything from you. Like, let's just have fun. Let's watch some tape. I might have some pointers for you. I live through this. I'm a resource for you whenever you need it. And if you don't need it, you're not going to offend me. And so as soon as I kind of came on with that vibe and from that angle, they were awesome. And they just were totally themselves and had fun and started laughing and having a good time. So that was, um, it's, it's fun to do interviews like that. And then you're just immediately, you start pulling for those guys, you know, like you develop this bond with them and you're just like, as soon as they got drafted, I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I was related to them or something, you know, yeah. I, was, I was so stoked. So it was, it was really cool. Yeah. You crushed those interviews. Those were uh, QB one-on-ones that you did for, for our podcast fourth and forever, which I got to be honest, the comments were so strong in favor of <laughs> you being a, a great interviewer. See me? I'm already oh, fucking getting wow. choked up. I was like, okay, message received. Wow. <laughs> Everyone's like, dude, Mark is so great. You don't even need Adam. Like, this guy's nobody fucking carry the that. weight. Nobody Go on that. YouTube, dude. I put down at least three of those comments. Um, <laughs> no, you Where's that it. sexy, uh, what did they call him, <laughs> quick fat? Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah. By the way, he's in great shape right now um what uh what was your favorite part about getting to travel obviously that was like right up before well some of those you did right before we went into this quarantine right yeah some so that the, the fall. let's see the justin herbert one we did at his pro day so whatever day the nba shut down 
it was that day was his pro day. Wow. They almost canceled the pro day. And then we flew home and that was like it. The, everything just shut down. Do you think the government uh, was waiting for you to land? They were like, Sanchez is touching out in three, two, one, like, pandemic. I called up the big guy and said, hey. Good for you, dude. DP. <laughs> Yo, big done. What, uh, what, can you tell how prepared or well quarterback's going to do? Like when we did that workout that you set up for us with uh, Jordan Palmer and his camp with Burrow and Josh Allen yeah. and Kyle Allen and, and uh, I'm still bleeding uh, abdominally uh, from that day. But did you – those guys all seemed like locked in, focused, like in good shape, whatever. But on the pro day, that's steps closer to, you know, draft day and then just starting the whole camp process and being in the league. Can you tell, like even with Herbert that day, just from his overall demeanor and disposition, how well he's going to do in his first year just based on, you know, his – vibe and energy and attitude or is it just really there's so many variables that go into this thing and uh for a pro day though he was locked in you could tell and you're so like scripted that pro day i threw it through like 70 something passes maybe 80 or something which for a lot you want to you know be right around 50 plus or minus you know five or ten and you're good uh but he threw like 70 or 80 which is a ton and um, you do that exact workout for six, seven times, you know, like, okay, I'm going to throw a speed out to the right. I'm going to throw a to the left. I'm going to throw a go ball to the right. Here comes the scramble drill we want, whatever. And it's scripted. So you're, I mean, I guess you're a little nervous going out there. As soon as you like throw all, you're just, all right, here we go. Let's roll. Uh, but for, for these guys projecting their future, I think a lot's going to depend how long they get a chance to learn. And I think all of those guys that I got to interview will benefit, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, from having but it's to heal and make sure he's 100% good before he takes any unnecessary hits and has to play. A and then for somebody like Herbert and Love, for Love to go into that situation in Green, I for him is just perfect. Yeah. Because learn from one of the best guys, one of the best guys that, um, you know, great fundamental, great footwork, um, great study habit, and one of the best guys at making up stuff on the fly, which Jordan Love does well himself. Now he's got one of the most amazing quarterbacks, you know, post-snap when plays break down yeah. ever to watch every single day. So, I mean, for him, he's just got to be a sponge and learn. The tough thing for Herbert, when you go to a big market like that in Los Angeles or New York, if you get drafted in the first round, they're expecting you to play. They're selling your jerseys. They got a new stadium coming in LA. Oh, yeah. So there's like this external PR pressure to play, you know? So uh, sometimes that can interfere with the football side of things. So you just, I hope for him as much as I know he wants to get on the field that he gets a chance to watch for the majority of that first year, or all of that first year before he has to go in and do it. Did you like that part of uh, getting drafted fifth overall and just jumping right into the league and playing? Or, or was there a part of you that was like, oh, I wish I could like, kind of like chill for a minute and uh, yeah, you know, kind of learn the ropes? You can't – when it happen, when you're in it, you want to play. All these guys want to play right now. Yeah. And so you don't think about, yeah, maybe if I sat for a year, I could learn a whole lot. You're just – I want to play. Yeah. Looking back now, would it have benefited me? Yes. But that team was built to win, and they drafted me to play. Yeah. You know, that was the team's plan, was to draft somebody that they thought was ready to play right away. And, you know, for the first couple of years, it worked out great. And then things, there's a lot of turnover, a lot of other variables that come into play, and it doesn't work out. But Oh, I'd say, I'd say it worked out pretty good. You not only were the first rookie quarterback to win his first three starts, you were the third most post you, you held the You held the record for the third – most postseason road victories by an NFL quarterback with uh, Jake DeLome, uh, Len Dawson, and Roger Staubach. You have the most playoff victories by a rookie quarterback, tied with Joe Flacco, and the most consecutive conference championship games uh, to begin his career. And you got a sweet stash and a dope kid and a big-ass house with a nice fucking swimming pool bed that I crashed in and drooled on and, and spilled cashews on. Uh <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say it worked out. But I just mean like the longevity of their career. 
yeah. and building yeah. something around them. For somebody like Tua, they're not a team. They had all those draft picks that they're stockpiled that they stockpiled this last year with all the trades and everything. And now all these young guys come in together can keep these guys for four to five years all together and your team grows together. So that's, you know, we were in, we were a very veteran team and I was very young. So there was going to be turnover inevitably after a couple of years, maybe three tops. And then, you know, guys are deals come up, guys get old, guys retire, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. So you hope that you can kind of keep a tight knit group, a nucleus of a team together for as long as possible. And just, that's what you want is you want opportunities at the playoffs and then you go make your run. That's all you can do is it, it's just like, it's that's that ability to get into the postseason when you're, when you're in, get into the postseason and take your shot at the Super Bowl. And the more opportunities you have, the more chances you have to win a Super Bowl. So that's, that's kind of their model is just give us an opportunity. We'll roll the dice. Did Peyton Manning say anything to you after that AFC championship game? Like, I'm always curious the exchanges with QBs at the center of the field. Did he just say, um, like, hey, hey, Papa John's pizza's on me? Or did he just say, like, good luck next year? Or, no. hey, Eli's, Eli's got a weird face. Like, good thing I got the fucking big straw no, on that he, one. He's, uh, he was great. Just, I think we, we beat him my rookie year to get into the playoffs. Like, yeah. the second to last game, we had to win, like, three in a row to get in. And then when we went on the road there in the championship game, he was, he was excited to get back to another Super Bowl. Um, and you could just, you could feel his excitement. It's like mad by year, just like, oh, just dying inside. But you got to go be a pro and shake his hand and, hey, man, good luck. Go win a Super Bowl, bud. Congratulations. And he just yeah. said, great season. Stay healthy. You know, good luck. Do you think Nothing. anybody's ever just walked up to midfield and just been like, I hope you fucking lose? <laughs> and hope you lose in two weeks. Yeah, or upset it with a smile so that the cameras can't really pick up yeah, on it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if, if you were just like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, Each hey, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good game, congrats and everything, but I hope the Saints win the Super Bowl. Like, what? You're <laughs> <laughs> like a total asshole. Have you been doing? Have you been doing what the what most people have been doing in the quarantine without sports? You know how like NFL Network's playing old games. Uh, I even saw you were gramming along with one. What game was one it? Of our old games. Yeah, on Sunday night it was a old. Uh, I think my third year we opened up with the Cowboys on the nine memorial uh, ten year anniversary. I want to say. Yeah. And uh, and um, yeah, so somebody sent me the clip, and so I started sending out messages to all the old players by the time the game was over it was so funny there were probably seven or eight guys from that team from the Jets team texting back and forth sending messages on Instagram I talked to Dustin Keller Kevin O'Connell Mark Mike Brunel uh or Mark Brunel excuse me and um uh Mike Tannenbaum our GM talked to Rex Ryan talked to all like all these guys we just started hey the game's on this game's on blah blah blah. I was texting with Shoddy (laughs) and I was like hey man why did I pump fake that thing he goes I don't know but that week of practice I told you to stop doing that <laughs> it's so funny I was like yes. I think you're right he goes no I remember I told you stop doing that <laughs> dude that's amazing yeah, yeah. is do you funny. think that that is like I, I, and I'm curious that's so cool that you guys get to do that and definitely loop me in next time um but when uh <laughs> Do you think that more so now you're getting flooded with like memories of playing because it's not happening? Or do you feel like when the season's going, um, are you just so like dialed into other aspects of the season that you don't really have a chance to like step back and, and reminisce? Do you feel like you're doing it more so now? And what memories, I guess, I guess I would ask what, with all this downtime, what memories are, because football's starting to ramp up and we're obviously being active and talking about it. What's yeah. what memories are really flooding back, you know, game wise or, or are you, you know, hitting up old guys just to hash out like old details of games or. Um, I don't know about, I mean, there's a certain, I guess a fine line of like having fun with those memories and then like, you know, turn the page kind of thing. Like, all right, man. We get well, well, let's turn that page back for a minute and give me a couple fond Mark memories. Um, well, I just, from doing this um, uh, USC Instagram thing, that was, yeah. they put up some old highlights and they sent over a bunch of pictures that they're like, hey, you know, you can, uh, 
you can um, you can post all these or whatever. And there are a bunch of old pictures of me hugging Damian Williams, getting the trophy for the role. It snaps you right back into that moment of like, well, I remember the smell of the grass or how the crowd sounded. I remember talking, you know, to uh, I think it was John Saunders after the game and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. You just – all of it comes back so quickly. This was the Rose Bowl. And, um, I remember – yeah, from the Rose Bowl in 2009. I remember walking out on the field with the B2 bomber flying over and standing next to Coach Sarkeesian, and um, the uh, Bob O'Reilly song came on. Out here in the field, we fight for our meal. Dude, teenage voice, and it was awesome. It was so wow, awesome. dude. Just like, so whenever I hear that song, that is what I remember from, like, literally being on the edge of the field, the B2 bomber, and then we're about to start this game. Like, it was really cool. Run out of the tunnel. That was cool. I- I would venture to assume nothing pumps you up for a game like having a fucking uh... – Dude, the flyovers are really cool. Really cool. Hey, guys. Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying the episode. Man, it's good to be back. And you know what? The best part about being back is sharing the goodies with you, the fans. I love candles, okay? You know from listening to this podcast, we've always had candles living around the apartment. And now my new place – And um, I'm tired of buying the bullshit candles from the store. I want some personal touch. I want something handmade. So that's why I found Hangover Candle Company. That's right. Homemade by a bartender in Fort Collins, Colorado. He's a big comedy fan, podcast fan. Reached out, said, I love the pod. Would love to send you some candles. I'm like, I'm not comfy giving you my address. He's like, come on, trust me. I was like, all right, let's roll the dice. Boom. Now I've got fucking 40 different flavors of Hangover Candle Company candles in my place. Um, They're... Cut, sanded, poured, packed, and shipped, all by him. Um, And you can choose from over 200 different containers, okay, to build your candle in. And over 40 different scents to create your own uh, smell. You can customize your own scents. Shit, man, they've got flavors like uh, fucking root beer, apple pie, cinnamon stick, coffee, fresh cut grass, uh, hazelnut, lavender, leather, maple syrup, peach, pine, sandalwood, spearmint, sea breeze, vanilla bean, watermelon. Go to Hangover Candle Co., uh, on Etsy, okay? Go to Etsy, type in Hangover Candle Co. It'll pop up at the shop, and then pick your candles, and then use the promo code ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. 25%! Hangover Candle Co. is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, but again, go to Etsy, type in Hangover Candle Co., find the candles and the smells you want, create your own, and then use ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. I love candles. They're great for any occasions, bar mitzvahs, circumcisions, uh, fucking weddings, funerals, gender reveal parties, uh, divorce parties, uh, coming out parties, coming in parties, coming parties. These candles are the shit, and they're my fave, and I want you guys to have them. So type in Etsy.com, and then type in Hangover Candle Co., and, uh, and pick your candles and use ALN25 at checkout for 25% off. All right? Start smelling better. Start looking better. Start feeling better, okay? Because everybody farts, and candles are a great way to get rid of that. And now back to the episode. The way they're doing stuff like that in Louisiana and New York and stuff for the healthcare workers, people dig that. It's really cool. Uh, SC, you didn't – I remember you telling me this uh, before uh, we did an episode of Fourth and Forever that um, SC wasn't the first choice, and your dad really helped you – you know, consult on making your, uh, your college football, you know, helping decide what your future was going to look like. Yeah. I, I didn't even know, first of all, that you weren't even playing quarterback until your dad, who was very much uh, involved in your uh, athletic, you know, uh, pursuits that he consulted. Um, was it Bill uh, Countryly and Bob Johnson, right? Bill Cunerty and Bob Johnson, yeah, dude. And Bob Johnson was the coach of Mission Viejo High School, and you were yeah. not there, but they all kind of got together and just decided, which I guess to me, I, I never knew. Like, I knew in the seventh grade I was only going to be offensive line or maybe a tight end if yeah. I grew more and my calves got to be where they are now, which, you know, too, too little, too late. But, um, but you did, I just feel like kids know at a certain age that they're going to be QB, but you didn't know until high school, which – Right. That, is that pretty standard? Well, I think some kids are like, you know, it's pumped into, pumped into them from their parents. You, you, you learn everything from your parents, right, and your peers and when you're that young. So, you know, some kids are just like, you know, your, their dad tells them you're going to be a point guard in the NBA or you're going to be a pitcher or you're going to be a quarterback. Well, my dad was never like that. We just, I just played 
I played baseball, basketball, football. I pitched. I played a little quarterback. I played receiver. I played running back. I played linebacker. I played safety all over the map. And it didn't really matter until, like, you know, before practice, after practice, throw the ball around a lot. And then it got to a point where, you know, my dad thought, you know, he can throw the ball pretty well. He's pretty decent when I've taught him, you know, a couple three-step drops or easy stuff. And he seems to pick it up pretty naturally. But I don't know. I don't see kids. I don't have any experience with this kind of stuff. I think he's good, but he's my kid. I'm biased. So he went to those people who see thousand kids at that age and here, work them out. Tell me what you think. Should we pursue this or should he just, you know, practice piano or do something else? I don't know. But once they saw practice, they were like, he's got to keep doing this. He's pretty good. Was there like, so, were you just fucking, were you just slinging it or was it like your footwork or? I didn't know. <clears throat> just doing what, what we did in a workout. You know, he told me to do certain drills or throw the ball in the trash can, go through this hoop or do this drill with your feet over. And it, and I picked it up and it was and not thinking like, Hey, one day I'm going to lead the jets to an AS title game. You know, like no chance. I didn't really Dude, go there. So crazy. And so, and on so the, once, on the, once on they the, give you that feedback, it's like, all right, let's pursue this. Let's work at it. You're good at it. And then you start to firm what you've worked on and firm what my dad thought when you start getting scholarship offers, you start playing in high school. And it was like, oh, okay, so this is going to be a th- like, and I really love it. I want to do this. And you apparently, uh, sophomore year was when you transferred over to Mission Viejo? Yeah. And so I thought like things were going well my freshman year at Santa Margarita, played pretty well, played a little bit on the, and then my sophomore year, I decided to transfer to play for Bob Johnson, who was the quarterback and head coach. Um, and I remember making a huge deal in the paper. It was like a newspaper thing in the Orange County Register. And I remember that was like the first article I've ever read about myself. Man, there's a lot of people really upset that I left Santa Margarita and now I'm training to mission. I better play well. <laughs> I better oh, yeah, play well. If I, if I was to be this good, there's, there's a whole lot of fuss for somebody who's, you know, if I wasn't any good. Yeah, that, I guess it gave me a little calm, but it also, like, pushed me to kind of, I don't know, affirm what was being said. Yeah. Do you, you know, so. do you even do you even have haters at that stage, too? Or is there people, I'm sure, that were like, when you left, were like, oh, really? Leave. Yeah. People, see what happens. People were just, people were pissed because they thought I was good. They thought I was going to be the next, you know, Carl Palmer went to that high school. Uh, there were some other good quarterbacks that went D1 in that high school. So they thought I was just the guy. Who went to that and high school? You said Palmer? Carson Palmer went yeah. to Santa Margarita. Um, so they're like, how do we let that kid leave? How do we let this talent leave our campus? Oh, yeah. And so that kind of, it kind of, yeah, like, whoa, okay, this is going all right. I got to go kick ass and see what happens because I want to play in college. I want to play after that. You know? Did you always have, did you always have QB swagger or do you think hearing those uh, sentiments from people that were bummed and then you go and your first pass, you threw a 55 yard touchdown? Uh, I was at Santa Margarita. That, that was, was a, my first play on okay. varsity Santa Margarita. I get thrown in on in the fourth quarter, third and 13, double special, throw it down the middle to Bobby Warren. He goes five yards for a touchdown. I mean, he spun the DB like up. He freaking blew right by him, and I nailed him with this pass. Like, oh, my God. This is awesome. I got to do – this is so cool. So we win the game, and then the very next week, I'm not in. I don't play anymore. I don't play for the rest of the season. So my dad was like, what the hell's going on? And, you know, we talked to the coach and everything, and he's like, well, there was a scare, da-da-da. And so that was it. That was kind of when I did to transfer that because I played that last year, and there was a better opportunity somewhere else to go play. Damn. So that's when people were kind of pissed because they saw me play a little bit, thought I was coming back, and, and I took off. Uh, what, what was it about SC that finally, like, grabbed your uh... – Grab that stash and just reeled you in. Just fuck in. <laughs> no, this wasn't even a thought back then. I remember <laughs> going up to spring practices uh, in high school after I had already committed during spring break. And uh, Brian Cushing was out here staying with my family. And so we'd go up to their practices on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. 
of, uh, of spring break week when we were seniors in high school. And I remember we were driving up and we're probably at like the 405 where um, right by South Coast, uh, right next to like Santa Ana and all that. And we pulled over into a 99 cent store so my dad could go get a razor and shave this little flavor saver that I was trying to grow out <laughs> in high school. He literally pulled over the car, <laughs> walked in, grabbed the razor, came back in the car and went like this, look up. And I looked up and he goes, <laughs> oh, <laughs> one man. Swipe, just one swipe gone. He's like, you're not going in. I was like, what was that for? He's like, you're not. What are you doing with that? That looks stupid. What are you, AJ, AJ from the Backstreet Boys? Take that shit off. It was so <laughs> funny, dude. It was so funny. Dude, but that's the same like thing that. with this stupid quarantine stash, bro. I, if my dad could leave his house right now, he'd come over and try and shave it off. <laughs> Nothing changed. Nothing changed. dollar store razor. It's so uh, funny. Welcome to King Squaro Hotel. May I have your last name, please? Good morning, ma'am. Can I help you? Oh, my. What happened? Oh, bellmen are clumsy and stupid. Still a bellman. You've had this job since high school, right? Well, actually, now I am the bell captain. Oh. All right, kid, you ready for check-ins? I was born. I think he was going to say I was born ready. Steve's the captain. Captain mm. Steve. <laughs> the closest thing we have to a god on Earth, Gunther Gashimane! It's worse than I thought. He's a complete slime ball, right? Oh, yeah, no question. Do you feel my foot on your foot? That's not me. There's something under the table that feels like a foot. What are you doing right now? I'm working. I got a promotion. I just lied to Kelly. Why would you do that? I don't know, man. I just want another shot. Sid Whitman worked his way up the ladder and bought the hotel. Mr. Boss! Do me a favor. Take it easy on the bellman, would you? I'd rather have crack guard melt my balls. Take care, boys. I mean, it's a huge scam. And those girls are in on it, too. Don't you want to know what our bodies are capable of? Yes, Girl, yes, oh, definitely. I just work here during the day, but I'm, my nights is off. Let's do this! Gunther is conning everyone with Spira Fresh. <laughs> You broke into a guest room. This is unacceptable. He has been impersonating a manager. And that is a felony. I don't think that's a felony. He should be fired. Get set. Amy, I'm not sure he's ready for... Shut up, bitch. <laughs> With our minds, we begin to urinate, and then, for real, into our pants. What well, SC obviously like had gotten back into the spotlight when you got there, and was like, I mean, you know, when obviously you were there i think a couple of years after i graduated and so being there i can only speak from a fan perspective how fucking bonkers it was with the coliseum and the school and how it like you know they were you know as big as any as the lakers as any pro team in la and maybe even around the country and so i can only imagine what it's like to get there and not only be a player but to be a quarterback and then become the quarterback yeah you used to like just getting there and how the pressures and excitement because as a fan all we get to do is sit back and watch and enjoy but man the pressures that probably come with being a student athlete especially for the program that is now dominating uh all the programs like are you just like coming in with a, a cool calm collective attitude or you're like fuck dude this is getting serious now and now i have a real opportunity to, to build my life here well you kind of you you uh adapt to that environment a little bit you kind of adapt to the way your peers act and all that and it's it really is a credit and a testament to coach carroll the way he set up the program and we were i mean our facilities were not not nearly as nice uh as as other places but coach made it feel like it was the best he he had this way of uh he's a psych major so he he had this way of talking to these young kids and molding your mind just to get you ready to play, to get you excited every day. I, you can never, you, I never remember him being like, like sad. Like I don't, I can't ever remember like a bad day. He just doesn't have bad days because he won't let himself. And um, he's so mentally tough and so good at communicating a positive message to people and keeping it simple, keeping it fun, keeping it light. And when it's time to play, it's time to play. And it was, it was one of the 
things I've ever seen. And then I get, I'm, I end up wearing number six, Rich is five. So my locker is right next to him. And I see that just works his ass off every day. We run sprints. We run one tens. He's got a 25 pound weight. Just who, who is this? Reggie Bush. Oh shit. So like when you see somebody working like that, I see liner, John David booty, these guys watching a ton of tape after hours, studying with Sark, all that kind of stuff. So it just becomes who you are. You just, you see that that's, it's the same thing for these guys going to the next level. If you get a chance to learn from people like that for a year or two, which I had at USC, I didn't play till my third year, right? When John David went down, I played three games my third year, played a whole season my fourth year and left. So those first two years, all you do is get practice reps and watch and learn and watch and learn and watch and learn. And it was so cool to learn from because when you get your chance to do it, it's like you've already done it. You've already seen everybody do it. You know what the blueprint is. Now you just add your own personal flavor to it. But that was, that was one of my favorite things. I remember when coach, when it was about my turn to play and um, I would go in and watch old Carson Palmer tape uh, when coach Carroll and coach Chow had first gotten there, I would go watch his clips all the time. Carson to me was, you know, my favorite player growing up. I was his ball boy when he was in high school. Like I love the guy. We'd go watch him. They used to have training camp at UCI uh, here in Irvine. And so we drive up and watch him during training camp just because I love Carson. Did, so, you go, did you go as him for Halloween? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I should have. Um, uh, uh, Coach Carroll, this clip, right, I was going to play, and he spliced there, Carson rolling to the left, throwing the ball deep. Carson doing a play action and then throwing a deep post. Carson throwing a quick slant, throwing sluggo seam, like all these different plays. And so it's one Carson play, one of my plays from the three games I played. Uh, my red shirt sophomore year and he just spliced all these plays together with the film guy and like Carson play Sanchez play and I was like whoa that's pretty cool and he goes what are we watching here I was like we're watching me and Carson he's like but what and I said well it's a lot of the same plays because it's the same offense and he goes yeah you're making this post said I did it like this on purpose this is your turn now like you need to take him off the pedestal and you need to go be the USC Trojans quarterback for the team that's it. Whoa. And I was just like, whoa. Okay. <laughs> you know, so it was, it was uh, that gave me so much confidence because you feel the coach believing in you and that gives you like some motivation. It gives you, yeah, like I said, it just gives you confidence. And that was for him to be able to do that. Those are the kind of things he did with different players at different times. He just knew what to say, when to say it and got us ready to play. What do you think Pete's better at pregame pump up speeches or talking to you after a loss and curbing your mindset um he's so he wasn't like a rah-rah like we he kind of def, um delegated some of those responsibilities to different coaches and they would be like the rah-rah like pump it up guys and then there were naturally guys that were like that on the team so he kind of let them do the talking but he wasn't like a you know motivational like you know this is how we're gonna win and he's just like hey boys we're ready to play we know what to do cut it loose you know, T will take it or so and so take it, T Mac take it, whoever. Just cushy, get these boys fired up, let's go. You know, and everybody's already jumping around ready to go. He didn't have to do that. But it was more of like the week long build up. Dude, that's where he was the best. We would be going up to Washington State and we end up beating them, you know, by 50 points. And that entire week, as an offense, we thought we were going to play the 85 Bears. Like he had us so dialed in <laughs> for this game. Like, it's one thing he would remind us when a team's losing, the best thing you can do, keep their ass losing, go beat their ass. If you're supposed to beat their ass, beat their ass. Cause it's embarrassing if somebody like that comes and beats your ass because you just rolled your helmet out there thinking, Oh yeah, we're going to roll over these guys Better prepare. Cause you don't want to get embarrassed. And so you're like, Oh shoot. Like, am I doing everything I'm supposed to do? He's like, you can't just pick and choose games. You can't just, he would say this in life. You can't pick and choose people to be respectful to. You got to do it to everybody, whether it's the or the lady past food or me as the head coach. You know, he would say that stuff to people. You don't can choose. Get your life in order. Get this stuff ready to roll. Go win games. Like, that's how he was. And so that week-long buildup was some of my favorite stuff. The pre-practice meetings, night before games, all that kind of stuff. And you would simplify it, make it fun, and then lose. You talk about that pre-prep. How much is he doing, like, of – providing you with like game tape and things to look out for versus are you just doing on your own? You know, like do they during the um, week on Monday, they go, Hey, this is what to look out for. 
this, we're going to work on these plays and these drills because that's what they're going to be bringing to us. And then do they also go, and then also now probably like any job, like even in acting, there's, you're always got to go do your own homework, right. And do your own right. work to prep. Right. So I'm sure there's a lot of that uh, similarities with being a QB. So they would, they would do a good job of, um, he would give like overall, here's how we're going to win the game early in the week. And then like big picture view and then start breaking it down, compartmentalizing. Okay. Here's schedule for the week. You're going to chip away at this thing. Cause we can't, win the game today but we can win tuesday today we can be better than them today and that's going to help us saturday so that's how he would start he's like that's who we're playing this week but now it's back to us it's competition tuesday so every one-on-one drill uh every team drill there was a win-loss and then the next day we would show highlights of that last practice dude it would get heated guys like taking their shirts off yelling at each other like it was awesome you have to figure out who wins competition uh competition tuesday was the day it was like one-on-one receiver and drills. So the receiver would win or the DB would win. They would stand up and like, hey, give it up. Oh, shit. Patrick Turner, give it up for Damian Williams. Everybody's like, hey. Offense then on the defense. It was like, boo. <laughs> People yelling at But it was like, it was back and forth in a meeting before practice. And he's like, and what was that it was yesterday? Put it on the shelf. Today is turnover or no turnover Wednesday. Offense, you take care of the ball. You win the day. Defense, you go get the ball. Win the day kind of thing. And so it was – would just have like a, a wow. different thing for every day and it would go fun. It was so fun. Just instilling that extra um, set of like winning at- yeah. attributes, right? Just to always be right. thinking about trying. And he does that with the Seahawks were, now. And they would with, uh, it was so funny. Uh, we had a running backs coach, Todd McNair. <laughs> who would, he was like the sideline, like get back guy at times. And he's uh, on Friday when we're doing our walkthrough, guys are goofing off or, whatever he called me sun chips he'd never call me as he used to just call sun chips i don't know why but um sun chips goes, hey sun chips i know you're just low on code and pole young freshman but people are looking up to you we are practicing our sideline discipline please take those off the white line of the field thank you and like walk by <laughs> and make sure we're all standing up so stuff like that they just remind you early on hey man gotta fall in line everybody's gotta do the right thing uh did does Pete, um, would your again your dad being so involved with everything? Did he once you picked SC, which I know was a big deal because OC kid having Palmer be like you know uh, uh, a god to you was was uh, when you signed was it like this big like sigh of relief and did your dad kind of take a step back at that point and go, all right, like now it's your turn to kind of make t- take the next take the torch more or less or did he stay involved and like have talks with Pete? Did he almost like a dad when he he sends off his, his daughter uh, getting married, like, hey, take care of my boy. Sure. Like, did he look at Pete and go, if my boy fucking doesn't have fun, I'm, I'm going to come back when fucking no. dick. I don't know. Did he, you know, some sort of. No, he's not like that. He's, he, was, uh, he was still involved. Well, the, at that time, practice open. So open to the public. Oh, yeah. So, dude, it was like a, it was, there was a line around Howard's Field every day see reggie to go see liner when we started playing it was to see get all your autographs from brian cushing clay matthews ray maluka like all these guys and uh it was, it was a big deal like every practice there's cheering it felt like a you know a mini scrimmage it was it was cool it was a thing to do during the week in la and um yeah celebs would come practice. he would bring celebs right uh yeah celebs would come they would come to the locker room after games and stuff but he practiced um, it was because I could come to practice. My mom, my brothers, my dad. I don't know if he missed maybe one or two practices my entire year at SC, even when I was wow. playing. Like when I was running scout team and all that kind of stuff, he was still – and he loved it. And my family was there, so I'd go give him a big hug before practice and then run out and go play. You know, it was, it was really cool. It didn't – it nice for family like that four or five days a week in college, and that's not normal, you know, so that was that was fun. Uh, do, do people, do you and Pete still, when you talk do you, like, I mean, how, how much time after you left SC to go, uh, into the draft, did you guys kind of like square things away? Cause I know he was like, oh, it was I want you to stay immediate. almost immediate. Oh yeah. He, that day I talked to him and there were, there were no hard feelings. Cause he's like, listen, I, I wasn't saying support you saying I disagree with your decision. That's it. Like, I love you. You're going to do great. 
I just, one, I want you to stay. I, I think you could benefit from having another year here. Fuck yeah. Um, but that's it. Like this thing, and it took on a whole life of its own and got blown way out of proportion. But that's just, that was a... Um, yeah, didn't you tell me that you guys talked like that before. night before you were going to... Yeah, the night before. The night before we were eating In-N-Out cheeseburgers, talking till two in the morning before I did that press conference. So it wasn't like... It, it, it just looked so bad, the optics of it when... Uh, when we're walking by each other after we had like shaken hands and he's the picture in the LA times is like him walking past me and me walking past him, like super awkward. Oh God, like we dude. Didn't like each other or something. So, I mean, they're not going to pick a picture of us hugging cause then it doesn't help the story. So, so crazy. Well, you got used to that once you got to New York, is there any story like, or advice now, like again, being almost like a, you know, brother and father to a lot of the yeah. players and just to the league now, which is so dope by the way. People have got to know, not only are you <clears throat> crushing it on our podcast, Fourth and Forever, but, dude, get up um, inside the NFL, uh, college football Saturday. I mean, dude, people tell me – I get so many messages, by the way. I should forward them to you just so you can get an even bigger head. But I think uh, you're, like, you're, you're on your way, dude, to being just like a staple sports reporter, analyst, like godfather. <laughs> like you know so much and having this like – cool persona and being able to relate to everybody and still being like at a, a young age i mean you're like what are you 42 like you're still at a point to where people yeah. but you know what I'm like you've got like no, i appreciate that and I, even I and this is why this is why uh, you know i uh got so comfy with you right out of the gate is that you know i know uh sports but obviously not to the level uh, in football that you do X's and O's, but you've never made me feel like less than or talk down to me. You always just like find a way to break it down so that I can be included in the conversation. And dude, I think that's like a, a, a trait that's going to continue to pay off. I appreciate that. It's, it makes it fun. Like, like you said, when you develop the relationships with the players and then if there's a, a fun way to give some insight, shed some light on a topic that I experience or I know well, I think that's fun. So I try and relate that to the fans or convey that to the fans. And then um, the TV has been great. I, it gives me plenty of time to spend at home with my son. And then there's plenty of time to go on the road and work. Uh, it keeps you close to the game so I can watch a bunch of tape. And um, that's, you know, I, I, if I can help any of these young guys with any, you know, things good or bad that I did, I'd love to let them avoid one of those, you know, pitfalls that they that are unnecessary for them if somebody could have just told them from their perspective. And, um, so that's kind of where I'm at with the young guys. But they they make it fun, man, and they keep you young and they keep you into it. Um, it's it's always good. But they're they're a world that that um, you know everything changes with that one day, right? As soon as the draft's over, it's like you're this 22 year old kid with millions of dollars now in your bank account and you're expected to act like a 65 year old judge with the discernment of a 65 year old judge. Like that it's, it's impossible. Um, in some ways it's unfair and impossible, but that's just the way it is. That's what yeah. people expect. They want you, you know, to be this buttoned up, you know, perfect thing. And it's not always like that. Like you watch the Jordan documentaries and stuff. You saw how, all that kind of stuff got to him. It, it's, it's frustrating. And you're, you know, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. People have their phones out all the time. It's hard. And um, so these guys are just getting into that world. They thought college was, was crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even close. It's a, it's, it's a whole different dude. animal. Oh man. It's, and there's no, real, there's no documentary they can watch or there's, I mean, I'm sure conversations with you, whoever can help to kind of like, you know, yeah, get people them who prepped. Lived it, no, yeah. but Dude, it's like, and I was nowhere even close to Jordan, not even in the same universe. But still, as the quarterback of, of the New York Jets, you're like, you, know, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You can't, like, do the stuff you used to do, go back to your, you know, college bar or go whatever. You just, those things are gone. It's like, just not. Like, you I, think can't. I shouldn't say you can't. You, but you what? just get ready for the, for the fallout and the and you know all the all the stuff that comes with it so especially nowadays with social media and everything but the three guys i talked to i think they got a good head on their shoulders they um they understand that things are about to change i don't think they know exactly how much but they'll figure it out pretty quick they're sharp do you think joe burrow is aware of the expectations that are uh 
you know, just not only being number one, but like taking over a franchise. Sure. And, and his home franchise, you know, there's a lot of in-state pressure and, you know, right now everybody's supported, but you go out there and, and lay an egg and only win three games. I mean, they're calling for his head just like anybody else, you know? So maybe it lasts a little longer there because he's a hometown kid. So they try and give him the benefit of the, at the end of the day, I mean, it's a meritocracy, right? Yeah. It's just the way it is. You were telling me uh, this funny story. I can't remember what it was exactly. Maybe this will like jar your memory. But when you got on uh, Inside the NFL, you're just trying to talk about like finding your way on that show with like all these old vets. And like, you know, you're this fun, goofy guy, like trying to like, you know, plant your seed as being part of the show and not step on toes. But also like, you know, you're you're quick. So it's like when things would happen and you would want to jump in. But you're like, I don't want to right out of the gate kind of be shitting on people or whatnot. Could you remember what I'm talking about? There was one story that you... I mean, I'm sure it happened a lot, but there was something that happened with one of the guys and you started dogging on him for something. I think we had to refilm something. Was it, with Bo- was it with Boomer? I don't know. Phil Sims. Is Phil Sims. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <clears throat> he like secret. He almost like lures you in to think like, oh, he's an older guy. Maybe he doesn't. You know, maybe he's not the game as much. Hey, old timer, the game's changed since you've been playing. You know that. But he knows everything. He watches everything and is so smart. And so if, you know, Ray or uh, Ray Lewis or Brandon Marshall or anybody say anything, he's like, whoa, 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 hold that Or like he'll, you know, he'll correct them. He'll do a camera where I was like, oh, yeah, I can put there and totally agree. I can what they're saying just you know yeah here to have a good time here to help you know i'm not trying to be controversial <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but phil sim just jump on him man dude it's so funny <laughs> he said something like he's like brandon marshall you don't even know how many teams are in the league okay don't start with me. <laughs> that's for you you know like that's how he'll address people and i was just like whoa <laughs> it's like a locker room again it was yeah. really funny did any of those guys kind of pull you to the side and give you like a media you know rundown of like yo man just uh, be you do this James, dude, John is JB is the best. James he Brown, was yeah. At the, um, and he's and he's he's one of those guys that's um that's always on, but it's so genuine, uh, not like a fake. Oh, Marky Mark. Certainly an awesome guy, and always he could be on TV at any moment. Like, it, it's really weird, but he. Uh, he was at the broadcasting boot camp I went to and just immediately like, Hey man, if you need anything, here's my number. Let me know. I get to the airport after the thing's over and he's having this conversation, helping some old lady with her ticket or where the gate is. And he's saying a way that sounds like he's on TV and I even know I'm near him, but he's just narrating next adventure in this airport. Like, so you're going to go to gate B. <laughs> okay you see that young gentleman over there with the blue shoes you're gonna walk right past him you're gonna hang a right you know like he just said it like so perfectly and so sweet and so nice and he didn't even know i was listening i was like dude that is his true colors he's one of the people i've ever met and so good for television so he was uh he makes it fun man and he like he also teed up before the sec be like okay so the points you want to make are and i'll you know um uh whatever you know, uh, Matt Stafford, I love his ability to uh, change up his arm angle. Blah, blah, blah. You go, okay, so arm angle with Stafford. And what else do you want to say about the young rookie QBs? Oh, you know, Sam Darnold comes back from having mono and he had a great out- outing because of whatever. So he says, okay, got it. And he does that with everybody. He doesn't even have to write anything down. And he'll just like remember their topics and then just transitions. Like the perfect point guard pass, like right in the shooting pocket, boom. And you just nail it. And he tees you up for what you wanted to say because he knows, because he studies, because he researches, because he talks to you. And then it just flows so perfectly. So you really appreciate anchors that can do that. Fuck. Um, He's awesome. Well, uh, you're awesome. And I love you for taking time to do that. Um, Good to see your face. You look like you're, I mean, you know, I thought I was going to be the, uh, the one out of this twosome to really be svelte and have the, what did Camille say when we were in uh, Miami? The model body. She's like, your, your, your model face is already on point. She's like, but like, I didn't think a, an APAC was possible for a, 
a white Jew, but you're pulling it off. No, she didn't say that. Yeah, at all. where did you get the you get the picture in the promotional thing? That's from the GQ photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. How funny uh, is that? No shirt and a beanie. <laughs> and like that thin chain. Remember oh, yeah. they gave me the chain at that photo shoot? I was like, what is that? <laughs> it reminded me of um the lonely island turtleneck and chain. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> so weak, dude. Was that your call to go shirtless? For the GQ cover? No, they asked for that. They asked yeah. for that. I hit a couple of push-ups right before and some sit-ups, so come on. But they were setting up the cameras. So I was like, oh shoot. <laughs> Some curls. A couple of these, real quick. Just exactly. Nice and camera ready. Exactly. All right, a quick, a, a quick rapid fire, a fan question. Um, Mark, I know you're a charitable guy. I know you always have been. So I'm gonna do something special. I did this with with Sue Bird, WNBA superstar, where we're gonna do a, a ten question um, game, uh, and uh, and every question that you get right, I'm gonna donate a hundred dollars to the charity of your choice. Really? Yeah. Okay. By the way, next time, don't sound so surprised that I like to donate. No, I, that was just cool. I didn't know this was going to happen. <laughs> You're like, wow, I didn't know that you gave back anything other than subpar comedy. You're, you strike me as more of a taker, <laughs> not a giver. Hey, man, talk to my sixth grade girlfriend. <clears throat> no, actually, don't talk to her. I think she's got the virus. Um, <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Uh, all right, here we go. <clears throat> uh, question number one. Um, thing, okay, which of these was said by someone close to you in quarantine? My friend knows someone in the Pentagon. We're going to be shut down till next September. I miss taking a shit in a restaurant. We should start a workout class on Zoom. A, B, C, or all of the above? Uh, B, I think B. What was that one again? I miss taking a shit in a restaurant. No, no, the other one. Uh, should, should we start a workout class on Zoom? No, we're going to be shut down in September. Yeah, that's correct. That is correct. $100 to Mark Sanchez. That is correct. Uh, question two. What is the best thing about quarantine? Getting close to loved ones? Reading more books? Getting thoughtful about how much perspective is actually needed to live a full life? Or Instagram? <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> that is correct. Two hundred dollars for Mark Sanchez in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. That's funny uh, though. Do uh uh oh question number three. Are you woke? True. Yeah, that is correct. Three hundred dollars for Mark Sanchez in the bank. Um question number four. What was your first impression of comedian Adam Ray? Oh, this is like an open ended. Yeah, there's still no there's still a right there's still a right or wrong answer here. Hundred dollars is at stake. Choose your answer wisely. Well, I just get a. It's a like a the essay paragraph part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, free response. Okay. You know he was um really. Yep. <laughs> he was how about, a lot. How about how about how about what what did you think of him before you saw him on stage? No, I saw him on stage and he crushed it i've told this story multiple times but i will retell it adam uh it was you were sandwiched between bill burr and joey joey diaz yeah joey diaz that's right and two comedians and i don't know a ton of comedians i know like the mega ones that are you know famous but i was like whoa these guys are really funny i've seen their stand-up stuff i hope he's good because that's a hell of a spot to be in Dude, you nailed it. Nailed it. The crowd was going was rotten. Me and Scotty were dying laughing. I think I think your strongest work in the crowd, inner the crowd, because you're so quick that when people give BS answers and you call them out and you're just like, wait a second, how high are you right now? And the dude's just like, uh <laughs> and you're like, Don't worry, dude, I'm the police. It's okay. I'm pretty high too. <laughs> or you say something like that, and they're just like, Whoa. <laughs> so yeah that's my adam ray story that is correct hundred dollars in the bank that's four hundred dollars <laughs> for mark sanchez for his charity the charity of his choice mark question number five um is p diddy the mj of rap or the tony ku coach of pottery <laughs> <laughs> the tony ku coach of pottery yeah is that what you said? yeah yeah that sounds good 
Great. That's correct. $500 in the bank for Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Mark, what is your favorite movie quote and can you do it? Oh, geez. Um, you know, one of my favorite ones is uh, when Forrest Gump goes in and doesn't realize Jenny's kid is his kid. You know, and he's like, uh, but, but what's his uh, name? And she's like, Forrest. And he's like, Forrest. Just like his, he, she says, she says yes. just like his daddy, he's like, he got a daddy named Forrest too. <laughs> he just doesn't pick up on it. <laughs> then he goes in and watches TV with uh, the IC Dead People kid from uh, Haley Joe Osment. Yes. So he goes, uh, well, what you watching? <laughs> Bert and Ernie? Oh. <laughs> I'm more of a Grover guy. <laughs> what if he just said that? Cookie Monster's my jam and just peaced out. <laughs> Let me know when you're watching something better. Uh, yeah, dude, that's, <laughs> that movie's unbelievable. That scene, I think, is where he solidified his Oscar nom. I think if they do a movie about Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks will play Meryl Streep. That's how good he is. <laughs> We're good. Um, all right, that's correct. $600 in the bank, Mark Sanchez, for the charity of your choice. Mark, um, <clears throat> if, uh, if you got high on 420 and somebody came up to you with a chocolate chip burrito cheeseburger pizza, would you eat it? Uh, I don't smoke weed. If I were to. Well, the question wasn't do you smoke weed. The question was on 420, the holiday, would you eat a delicious <laughs> treat? Is it a government holiday now? Well, it, well, I mean, look, it's naysayers like you that are keeping Snoop us down. Snoop said it is. Snoop said it is. <laughs> and let's be honest, what Snoop says goes. <laughs> Dude, I, I love, in Snoop's comments, I don't know if you see this, but if, like, you can't go through a page on one of his uh, pictures that he doesn't put, I'm high AF right now. <laughs> I just think it's so funny oh, yeah. that somebody has to type that and put it on Snoop's page. I just think that's hilarious. By the way, we got to get him on the show. Nope, forever. Have you ever kicked it with him? I'm sure he came down to SC, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's awesome. He's funny, dude. He is funny. <laughs> he did it all smoke, too. That was cool. Yeah, that was so that cool. That was really cool. <clears throat> um, all right. Uh, $700 in the bank. That is correct. You would uh, you take a bite, I think is what you said, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, take a bite. I know you're a snack guy. Um, Okay, Mark, um, if you had a chance to watch um, all of Scott, our boy Scotty McKnight's highlights from college, would you, and on a big screen, uh, and you were playing wingman for him, and it was with uh, Shakira or J-Lo, um, which highlight would you pull up first? Uh, probably his first touchdown he caught on like a corner route against Colorado State, and we were in the end zone or right by the goal line where he scored. We scored one of his first touchdowns. That was pretty sweet. It was a cool catch, catching over the shoulder, almost Willie Mays ish. Yeah, pretty cool. I've seen that highlight. That is correct. Eight hundred dollars in the bank for Mark Sanchez for the charity of his choice. Question number nine, Mark. What is the difference between Pete Carroll and Bill Parcells? Whoa. Uh, I mean, different, different schools of thought with, uh, like a West coast terminology mentality, different tree degree, like Pete Carroll's the, um, Bush disciple where Parcells was kind of his own tree, like Belichick, very, um, closed off, um, a little more authoritarian, um, you know, don't, don't give out information. Media is not, you know, media is not your friend. Coach Carroll kind of used the media to, to publicize what was great about the school and help with recruiting, get celebrities to games, all that kind of stuff. He maximized that aspect of it. Um, they're just not that one's, you know, better or more successful. You can either way, obviously. Uh, but they're, I mean, they couldn't be more opposite. Uh, who who would you uh, not be surprised to get a late night DM from? Uh, which one would you be less surprised, Pete or Bill Parcells? Well, Pete, if Bill Parcells DM me, that'd be pretty weird. <laughs> Stay up, nothing. <laughs> uh, 
Can you imagine? Yeah, I'm imagining it. It's very weird. Um, <laughs> that is correct. $900 in the bank for Mark Sanchez. Mark, uh, question number 10, and I believe our final question. And um, what we all know that uh, the Deeds, your son, is, is probably the coolest kid that I've met. Um, and I think that's only – your niece and nephew. They're cool, but they're starting to slip a little bit. My nephew's uh, he's getting a little aggressive, and so my nieces are ten, and they're they're very cool. They're uh, but they're starting to also like, you know, it's been a little better in the last few weeks where they've wanted to teach me like cool dances or handshakes or you know, yeah, say no and not be like Uncle Adam, like, are you serious right now? They don't have braces, but. I like to do that for a know-it-all kid. Like, are, do you really, do you really think that shaving your chest and wearing a jean jacket is gonna be cool for your stand-up show? <laughs> okay, do what you want and see what happens. They're starting to get that attitude a little bit, which is normal. DJ's gonna get there though. He's gonna, he's gonna. Right now, he loves being with, you know, his dad and stuff. But he's gonna get to that age where it's like, you know, go away, dad. Leave yeah. Me alone. Yeah. Dude, just buy the beer, put it downstairs, and bleed. Uh. What is the, because I've been around DJ and I, I know how uh, sweet he is, and I want to know, what's the sweetest thing during this quarantine that he said to you that made you get, get misty-eyed? Um, we were playing either Hot Wheels or doing a puzzle or something, but he's just like, gives you the best friend comment, like, you're my best friend, Dad. I was just like. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, you're like, what you want? Thanks, thanks Squirt. <laughs> What you watching? Thanks, champ. Bert, want to watch some Bert and Ernie? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it was pretty good. That's awesome, dude. He's uh, a good boy. He is a good boy. Well, that's that's the correct answer. That is it. That's $1,000 in the bank for Mark Sanchez. for the DJ charity. for the win. DJ for the win. Dude, I love you, man. I miss you. Love you, Mark. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Thank thanks, you. Thanks for chatting. And um, where can people find you on social media? Uh, at Mark underscore Sanchez. Ooh, with the little underscore in there. That? How about that? <laughs> You're the man, dude. Enjoy your I weekend. I love that meme, too. <clears throat> what Did you meme? see that meme with the girl catching outside? No. Where it says, like, government, <clears throat> stay inside. The oh, yeah. like, catch me outside. How about that? Did you yeah. see the one of the, uh, the, the nurse in scrubs standing in front of the person, the woman that was leaning out the, the side of the best friend's ride? No. Oh, dude, it was. In oh, I don't want no scrubs. So yeah. good. It goes, dude. There's. It goes scrubs in front of a best of a whatever uh, the line is. Best friends ride. Uh, yeah. yeah, all that TLC. Your side of his best friend. Yeah, there learn the lyrics. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. Enjoy the weekend. Love you, dude. Bye. Love you. Bye, Margie. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.